Welcome to the Leadership Masterclass Podcast, where we help leaders like you live and lead on purpose and with purpose. I'm your host, JC Hurtado Prater, yours truly. With each episode, our objective remains the same. We believe in the power of organizations to help make the world a better place through empowering the capacities and capabilities of people. Therefore, leaders must get it right, and we try to help you get it right so that everybody wins. We do our best to drop a new episode every Tuesday. Please like, subscribe, follow, tell your friends. But for the next 20 seconds, sit back, relax, and enjoy the music. Welcome back to the podcast, episode 202, and we are a little bit late this week getting the podcast out, and the reason is uh, the fact that I was out of town uh, this week. I took my podcast gear with me, some of it, and I thought I'd have the chance to kind of do the recording and get this out on time, but it just was a busy week. Went up to Colorado, Steamboat Springs, Colorado, flew into Denver, uh, drove three hours up into the Colorado Rockies and spent three days there, was able to, to provide some training for the, uh, the Colorado Clerks Leadership Retreat. So clerks from all over the courts of Colorado drove in, and uh, these were leaders, these were supervisors, they drove in for a special retreat. I did another uh, training for the same uh, group of people, but not necessarily the supervisors. I did it more for kind of the line staff last year and that was incredible it was a lot of fun really good group of people uh, who work in the colorado courts there but this time it happened to be the supervisors and they were just as incredible they were really uh, fun to work with fun to train with but i gotta tell you the winner and i think all of us in that room would have agreed uh the winner was steamboat springs colorado just an incredible place i've never been there before i've never heard about the place before but it's just it's it's just a well designed city. That's the thing that I just kept thinking about. You know, you go up into the mountains, and again, I'm from San Diego, California, so I I don't hang out, uh, you know, in the mountains of Colorado. It's it's not a place that I've been to. But you have an image about what it's going to be like, and you know, for better or for worse, it's just the image you take with it. So, for instance, one of the places I like to go is to Key West. Uh, it's probably my favorite vacation destination. The goal is to have a home there within a few years. And going there, the first time, I got to tell you, I was surprised because it really is, it's a, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word here, rugged kind of environment. So there's a lot of old buildings. Key West has obviously been around a long time. It's it's you know It's seen hurricanes and storms and water. It's got all the elements down there. And it's beautiful. I love it. It's that tropic. You know, it's hot. It's heated. It's it's humid. It's it's just wonderful to me. But when you're driving around, you have a sense that this city's been around a while. You know, it's it's not a it's it's a beautiful city. It's a magical city in a lot of ways. But it's not necessarily a well kept city, right? There's potholes and there's this and that. And and again, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's right there on the ocean and they catch all the elements. And hurricanes and all that kind of stuff. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily a well-designed city. You know, 
Steamboat Springs was. Now, Steamboat Springs, uh, my understanding, uh, was started, was founded um, in the 1960s. So it's a relatively new city. Key West has been around a much longer time. And so I'm sure that has something to do with it as well. But I, I you know, going up in the mountains, I, I just didn't know what to expect. Sometimes in smaller cities, you know, the restaurants aren't great. Uh, so you stick to more of the McDonald's, the Taco Bell's, the KFC, but who wants to do that? Who wants to eat that? And so I just, I was, I came in with a certain uh, mentality of what this city would be. And it's just not even close to what I thought it was going to be. Again, it was well-designed and I wrote down, it was well, uh, it's well-directed. It's obviously well-directed. It's well-led, right? And that leads to the design of it. A small thing such as if you're going to build a restaurant like a KFC, and they do have a KFC there and a McDonald's there. Okay. They have to look a certain way. And there's a certain design that they, that, that you can see if you're there, there's a certain design that they have for their buildings there. And you can tell it's done with, you know, it's done with intention. I think that's the biggest word that I really took away from my time there is that this place is designed with intention, which means that it's well-led. I haven't looked up the mayor. I haven't looked up the city council, but whoever's leading that city is doing a great job. Uh, because again, you can get it where you have so many tourists. And, and that's what I came to find out is, is they actually have a lot of tourism. You know, it, it's a big tourist town. And so in a place like that, where you have tourists coming in and out, you if you're not careful, you can lose that sense uh, of of intention and design. I, I I see that here in San Diego, you know, where I live. San Diego is obviously a, a huge tourist destination. Um, but I would say in a lot of ways, if you drove around San Diego and you got out of the places that you would go if you're brand new here, maybe where all the hotels are and that kind of stuff, you kind of got into the city a little bit. You'd say some of what I'm saying. You'd say, yeah, it's not as nice of a city as I thought it would be. It's beautiful because of the location of it. I think the people here are good people here. Um, but we've got our areas that aren't necessarily great here. And we've got a lot of areas like that in San Diego County and in San Diego City that aren't necessarily great. And so it might shock people who come out of, uh, you know, who who might come out of state. Um, or might come from other areas and, and see that San Diego is not just all glitz and glamour, right? It's not just the beach. There's a lot of places. And, you know, we have our share of issues here. Um, but I'm not here to talk about San Diego today. What I'm talking about is Steamboat Springs, and you can just tell it, it's a well-led city. So it's well-designed, well-directed. And then I put down well-serviced. So again, when you're flying all these people in, uh, or I guess driving in, and see, it's actually the thing, it's, 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 it has to be this good, I guess. That's their mentality. And, and you can tell there has to be a culture that has been set there in the city. And I'll tell you why here in just a second. But it has to be good because people are driving in from three hours away. I, my understanding is that there's, a, there's an airport close to the city in Steamboat Springs, but you've got to have your own plane to get in there. And I'm sure that they have people like that. There, there's, there's a lot of money up there. I'm sure that there are wealthy families that fly in all the time. I don't have my own plane just yet, but uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure that people do. So I have to fly into Denver Airport and then drive the three hours. And that's how most people get to Steamboat Springs. They, you know, they drive from other areas. And if you're coming out from out of state, you're flying into Denver and then you're renting a car and you're driving up three hours up into the mountains to get there. Uh, and that's at least one day of travel right there, right? And so obviously the people of Steamboat Springs have considered this 
and they've really been intentional intentional about how they uh, service their clients uh, and the services they offer. And, and here's the thing that I'll tell you this. Uh, three different restaurants that I ate at in my short time there, three different styles of restaurants. One was Thai food. The other was the um, uh, was a chicken place. And another was a Greek restaurant. Every single restaurant, when I walked away, I said, that is the best of that kind of food that I've ever eaten. So at Thai, uh, it was the best pad Thai that I've eaten ever, hands down. The Greek uh, restaurant, the best hero sandwich I've ever had. They had this little sauce that they made. It's um, It was like a dipping sauce for, uh, uh, for pita bread. Best I've ever had in my entire lifetime. Um, and, and then the baklava. I'm a huge fan of baklava. I could eat it 24-7. Uh, it's probably one of my guilty pleasures. And it was the best I've ever had, hands down. And then I had this, there's a chicken place up there called Hypnotic Chicken. And the best chicken sandwich I've had in my entire life, hands down. And I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not trying to just give compliments to give compliments. I, you know, again, I went up with very low expectations. Maybe that helps. Maybe that helps when you go to places with low expectations. So when they uh, surpass your expectation, maybe that's where I'm, I'm getting that it's the best. But I would put this chicken sandwich up against the Chick-fil-A sandwich, which I think is amazing, up against a Dave's hot chicken sandwich, which I think is amazing, up against a Raising Cane's chicken sandwich, which I think is amazing. I'd put it up against all of those, and I would still say it is the best. And it's only one restaurant, only in Steamboat Springs. I don't know why it's not franchised yet. It's just that good. You know, I, I think I'm going to actually going to write them and say, why have you not franchised this? Why is this restaurant only in Steamboat Springs? But I have a feeling if, if I went to a few other restaurants there in the in Steamboat Springs in the city, I probably would have said the same thing consistently over and over and over again. It just was that good. And, and I'll tell you, the hotel food wasn't bad either. You know, the first night flying in you know, just got some room service and got some pasta and it was like a chicken sausage pasta with a Caesar salad. And, and it wasn't bad, especially for, you know, hotel uh, room service. So anyway, I just was impressed. And the reason why I'm talking about this on the leadership masterclass is because it makes a difference, right? That leadership, somebody's leading that city. Well, somebody's leading those businesses. Well, somebody is doing, you know, there's a group of people who are doing the the leadership of Steamboat Springs with intention. And I think that's the word when I left, I just said, you can tell that everything that is done there is done with intention. I stayed at the Steamboat Grand um, and it was a great hotel. Um, and the service was incredible there. The people were nice there. You know, the one thing I would say about the people overall is that, th that they weren't overall, you know, they weren't overly nice. I remember at the chicken place, they weren't overly nice. At the food place, at the Greek place, they weren't overly nice. Um, at the Thai restaurant, they were, you know, they were nice, but they weren't overly nice. And, and that's probably what you get in any tourist area because they're constantly working with customers. So I'm just another, I'm just another face in the crowd. But I guess, you know, sometimes restaurants, if they're not careful, they have really great staff and really nice <clears throat> people who work there, but it covers up uh, the, the fact that their food is mediocre. I guess when you have restaurants that are just as good as these restaurants were, 
<clears throat> you don't necessarily have to have the, the the warmest of staff members. And I think that's what I would say is it's not so much that they weren't nice. It's just that they weren't warm, right? They would take your money and they give you your food. They're not smiling at you, whatever. But again, they've got thousands of people coming through 24 seven. Um, <clears throat> but the food was absolutely amazing. So I, I, I just wanted to bring that up because um, if we're going to be people who, uh, have services and products and all the things we do as leaders it matters on the outside it 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 matters on the outset it matters to to the clients to the customers and that's what I was all week I was just a customer right I had no leadership ability outside of doing that training that I did it was there was no leadership there I just I was there to be served just like everybody else was and I just was incredibly impressed so much so that I'm taking time on this podcast to talk about it okay well designed well-directed, well-serviced, if an entire city can do that, right? It's no excuse for those of us who run in teams and organizations to not get it done. And I think maybe if I have a chance to go back there, maybe I'll have a chance to meet with somebody who's in leadership there at Steamboat Springs and I don't know, maybe get them on the podcast or something and talk about that and say, hey, tell me how you tell me how you're doing this. Tell me how this is. Tell me how your city is the way it is and and why there's just this line that goes through everything that I experienced. And it was just, again, good design, good direction, good service, great design, great direction, great service. So anyway, done with intention and leaders, we got to remember that when we're putting together stuff, we have to remember that we've got to do it with intention. It matters. If we want people talking about us, like I'm talking about us right now, and literally three restaurants in one small city in the hills in, in the mountains of Colorado are three of the best restaurants I've ever been to in the span of three or four days. And I don't know, maybe it was the altitude. Maybe there's something about being that high where everything tastes good. I don't Maybe that has something to do with it, but I don't don't think so. Um, but that's why what we do is so important so that when people walk away from whatever it is that we're doing, if it's a nonprofit, they say, man, I've never interacted with a nonprofit the way I did there. If it's a, you know, I work for a university. If it's a university, they say, man, I had such a great experience with that university and how they were. Um, and, and again, maybe it's not just that everyone was nice. It's just the quality of the product that they put out, right? I went to UCLA for my undergrad. And I can't remember anybody being nice to me on campus, but it was such an amazing experience because the quality of the product was so good. Every professor at the top of their game, classes at the top of the game. I mean, I had some classes that weren't great there, but it was rare that I'd walk into a class and not take something away and learn something because the product of what they, uh, you know, the product of what they put out was so good. And so we got to remember that I don't care what it is that we're doing. If you own a music store, if you, if you're an artist and you're a painter, if you're a musician and you you create music for people. Everything we do should be top-notch. And again, it should be done with intention. That's the word that I walked away with, you know, and, and, and there's something else, and then we'll get on Skip Bayless here in just a second. There's something else I want to say about that word. It's the second time this year that I've, I've walked away from something with that word. Another time was I happened to be in this room in La Jolla, California, filled with all these millionaires. And I was listening to them talk about their money and how they make their money and how they spend their money. And I walked away and, and the one word that came out 
in my mind was intention. All of these wealthy people got to where they were because they were intentional about how they got to where they were. And now that they have all of this, they're intent. That's why they were in that meeting. That's why they're in that room there uh, at, uh, you know, with thriving financial because they wanted to figure out how can we, we be more intentional with our money? How can we grow these resources and give resources away, but be intentional with how we do that? Uh, there's just something about that word that when we do things with intention, whether we're running a city, we're running a restaurant, we're running a team, we're running, you know, we're running an organization, we're managing our money. There's something about that word that if we do what we do with intention, it's probably going to be success on the other side. So that's all I wanted to talk about there. I could talk. That's probably a whole episode right there. Steamboat Springs. But we need to get to what we're talking about here today. Skip Bayless. I'm a huge fan of the show called Undisputed, which is on uh, the Fox Network. But I always just watch the clips that are on um, on YouTube. Okay. And so especially if they're, and I'm not a huge sports person. So let me let me make that clear. I'm not. I'm not a person who's you know consistently watching sports, but when I do, especially when I've got a favorite player, I'm more personality you know driven. So Tom Brady in in his heyday, I loved watching him play for years, and Skip Bayless was obviously a huge fan of Thomas Patrick Edward Brady, right? Or maybe it's Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. I don't know. Which see see you can tell there. I just know him as Tom Brady, and and he takes his. You can hear me right there. He takes his, you know, he takes his papers and he's flipping them on the desk the way he does. He's pounding them on the desk. I'm a huge fan of Skip Bayless, huge fan of Shannon Sharp. They make a great team. But as you know, if you do know, they're breaking up. They're going separate directions. Shannon is asking to be bought out of his contract. He's going to take his podcast with him, which is a great podcast, Club Shay Shay. And and he's going to take that with him and he's leaving. So anyway, now all the pundits are coming out and they're talking about Skip Bayless. And so I'm reading from an article here uh, from the frontofficesports.com. And the title of the the um, of the article says this Fox's and they're talking about Fox Sports Network. Fox's problem is okay, it's Fox's problem, colon. Nobody wants to work with Skip Bayless. Okay. Nobody wants to work with Skip Bayless. And then underneath that, they've got a couple sub headlines. One is uh, Fox Sports One challenge to find a replacement for Shannon Sharp. Uh, and then the second um, subheading says Bayless micromanages undisputed, expected to have final say on the hire. So let's just dive in and read a little bit about this. And I, again, I think there's a lot of leadership lessons in this. As we're doing the leadership masterclass, and I wish we were all in a room together because we would really talk this out. We'd have a lot of conversation about this. But here's the deal about leadership. Um, we will definitely get on here and talk about certain issues and, you know, the power of focus and time management and effect of this. And in fact, all that's great. But there's so many case studies out there. And the older I get, the more I'm seeing so many different things that are happening in the world around us. Uh, these are great case studies for us to talk about so we can talk about leadership, talking about what it means to move up in the organization, what it means to be devoted to the organization, what it means to be loyal to the organization. All of this matters. And there's a lot of case studies out there. So yes, I want to make sure on the leadership masterclass that we talk about you know, the important things, habits and all these kind of things that we talk about when it comes to leadership. But it's also good for us to look at certain issues. And it's 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 good for us to look at um, case studies that are happening right in front of us and talk about this. So let's dive in here. 
The pending departure of Shannon Sharp poses a major talent problem for Fox Sports, namely this. Few people want to work with Skip Bayless, and Skip Bayless has limitations on a new partner. That's what sources tell front office sports about the challenging, chaotic situation inside FS1's Skip and Shannon Undisputed morning program. The 71-year-old, and they're, they're talking about Skip Bayless now, and I got to tell you, he looks great for 71 years of age. Great. The 71-year-old shock jock micromanages all aspects of the weekday Embrace Debate show, which airs at 9.30 a.m., uh, Eastern, 6.30 a.m. Pacific. Bayless rightly considers himself to be the godfather of Embrace Debate. He's never really gotten along with his debate partners except for his brother from another mother, Stephen A. Smith, at ESPN. And we're going to talk about him here in just a second. So here's a quote that is now said about Skip Bayless. Nothing happens on that show without Skip. They chose Skip over everything else. You can't tweet about him talk about him, anything, or they call you into the office, said a source. On Undisputed, he makes all the calls even when he's off. So this is a man who's got his his uh, his hand tightly wrapped around the show, and um, he micromanages all the details, which let me tell you this. When, when you're talking about somebody who's probably from Skip's stage of life, where he's at in his 70s, he comes from a different generation, uh, there, there, there's some of that, you know, that work ethic that he has. And if you listen to Skip talk, he'll talk about his work ethic and he's up every morning at 3.30 a.m. I think he's at 3 or maybe he starts working at 3.30 a.m. I'm not sure whichever one it is. Uh, but my understanding is that he's at, he's at least up by 3.30 a.m. and he's doing his workout. He's, um, you know, he's, he's ready to go. And if you work with him, you're expected to kind of keep that same schedule and be ready to go be at the same table as he is. He's a very hard worker and has been for many years. He talks openly about the fact that he never wanted to get married or had kids. Uh, I believe he's married to Ernestine. If not, they just have a very close relationship. Uh, but he said, I don't want a family. This is my family. This is my life. And so when you got someone like that, especially, he, of course, he's going to micromanage you know, all details of it because that's, it's his life. And if he is the godfather of embrace debate, then he's one of the reasons why we have all the shows we have and the Stephen A. Smith's and all these other, you know, um, you know, the herd with Colin, I forget his last name. It's another great way uh, to watch the, uh, the rich Eisen show, right? All these things that we have really kind of came out of uh, Skip Bayless, and he kind of uh, blazed the trail for that. He pioneered that world. So, of course, he's going to micromanage that. In that vein, Bayless is is expected to have the final say. I'm back to the article now. Have the final say on Sharp's replacement, said the source. So the challenge is to find a new debate partner who could hold his own with the infant terrible. Okay, so I think they're saying like the terrible infant of sports TV, um, but not overshadow the egotistical Bayless. So this is kind of what we're all talking about today. Okay, this idea of working with a guy like Skip Bayless, who is an absolute legend in his field, field working with him, but not overshadowing him, not outshining him. So we'll talk about that here in a second. Let's go to another quote from another source, Skip or I guess it's the same source from earlier. Skip is not going to hire anybody who challenges him and he's going to make the hire. So it's a crazy deal, warned the source. And here's the kicker. You have to be willing to work with Skip and, you, and you're going to have to put up with some shit. That's, that's what the article says. He has to approve of you and you have to get up at 3.30 in the morning. 
The article goes on here. Club Shay Shay Podcast. So that's the podcast from Shannon Sharp. Club Shay Shay Podcast, which now boasts 1.18 million subscribers. Um, I think that this is the case of the classic. Now, this is what we're talking about here today. Okay. The classic never outshine the quote unquote master, Wiley said. So this must be a person we talked about earlier in, in, in the podcast named Wiley. I'm going back to see. And did I miss a name here? Did I miss a name? Uh, I'm not seeing the name Wiley here, but obviously there's somebody named Wiley. I, I, I don't think that's the, um, I don't think that's the, um, maybe there's something here that I didn't get printed off. Anyway, there's a person named Wiley who's now in the article and he says, or she says, I think this is the case of the classic never outshine the quote unquote master. The article goes on, tellingly, the 54-year-old Sharp also liked the tweet saying Bayless was jealous of his outside success. He also liked another tweet saying FS1 keeping Bayless and losing himself and moderator, moderator Jenny Taft was the, equivalent or, was the equivalent of a music promoter keeping Weird Al Yankovic but getting rid of Lady Gaga and James Brown. Now, I have to take issue with that. Okay, so what they're talking about here is that Shannon Sharp is leaving and it probably has to do with the fact that he doesn't want to work with um, Skip Bayless anymore. They're talking about Jenny Taft. that was another moderator on the show and some issues that were there. And so she ended up leaving. I don't know if she left on her own or if Skip kind of scooted her out the door. I'm not sure what that situation is there. But uh, th this article obviously has a little bit of, you know, they're obviously pro Shannon and a little bit negativity toward or quite, quite a bit of negativity towards Skip Bayless. And what they're, you know, what they have to understand, what this article is forgetting, what the writer of this article, I think his name is Michael McCarthy, what he's what he's forgetting here is that Skip Bayless is 50 percent of that show. And I would probably say 60 to 70, 60 to 70 percent of that show. He is who he is. OK. And part of why we tune in to watch him is because of the fits that he's going to throw is because of the. Uh, you know, the uh, the temper tantrums that he exhibits on the show. There's something about that that maybe we as the uh, as the audience like he's part of it. OK, and we want that. He creates a little bit of drama. He creates a little bit of fun there. He creates a little bit of controversy. That's why we tune into him. Okay. You know, we don't turn into, you know, we don't tune into boring uh, sports people. We we want the people who are going to create a little bit more chaos. And so I think being so negative against him, you know, I think we're forgetting that he's a master at what he does. And there's a reason why we watch the show. And it's not just Shannon Sharp. If Shannon Sharp was going up against somebody who didn't have the same personality of um, Skip Bayless, I don't think we'd like the show as much. Okay. So that's important. I, that's just me. Okay. On the other hand, joining Bayless could be a smart career play for now. Now watch this. Okay. On the other hand, joining Bayless could be a smart career play for an ambitious young star who's stuck on the depth chart at FS1 or another network or those unfortunately swept up in the pending Disney mandated talent cuts at ESPN. It goes on to say here, and it looks like I'm cutting off here on a paragraph. The undisputed job will, would likely pay well over seven figures. Bayless himself on a four-year contract makes $32 uh, uh, million. And he signed that four-year contract in 2021. Um, you know, the jury's still out as to whether he'll get that renewed or not. Okay, the article goes on to say several talented internal candidates could succeed Sharp 
and it gives some names here like Emmanuel Acho or Joy Taylor. Uh, the show could go with rotating guests debating uh, uh, Bayless a la Smith, right? That's kind of what Stephen Smith does on first take. Um, but FS1 doesn't boast the deep bench of ESPN when there's a constant flow of new faces to joust with Smith. So that's probably not going to work. Um, so then it says a few other things here. It, it goes on down here to say this, and I actually appreciated this. It says this um a few paragraphs down. Ironically, Bayless is soft-spoken, courteous, and a gentleman off camera. But on camera, he's a bomb-throwing provocateur. Future TV partners know he goes for your throat on air. And see, that's the key that I'm trying to say there. Okay, Off camera, he's soft-spoken, he's courteous, and he's a gentleman. That's who Skip Bayless really is. Okay, When the cameras roll, it's, it's called acting. That's what that's all about. It's called acting, right? And you've got to be willing to go for it. And he's probably going to throw things up. And he said some things about Shannon Sharp that probably have gone a little bit too far, uh, especially when Shannon Sharp goes against Tom Brady. And um, Skip Bayless loves Tom Brady when you watch those episodes where they're going at it. And the Skip Bayless goes after Shannon Sharp's career and saying, hey, you were never even close to being as good as Tom Brady is. That kind of stuff, obviously, that's that's that's. Uh, that might be going a little too far, but that's what Skip Bayless does when the cameras come on. He said, hey, it's almost like it's it's almost like the UFC. We may shake hands afterwards. We may be friends. We may even find ourselves in the gym training next to each other. But when we get in that uh, when we get in the arena, when we get on that field, uh, when we get uh, in that ring for Skip Bayless, when he gets in that chair and the cameras start to roll, it's his time to put on the show. Okay, so we got to understand that that he's not a jerk just because of what you see on TV. That's his TV persona. He understands that. This is why people like me tune in to watch. Okay, so it says some other things here. Um, anyway, it's just talking about who they might hire. I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Uh, it says the the ugly breakup between the duo has been brewing for months. Uh, they give some examples about why um, I'm not seeing anything else here. Here's the point that I'm trying to make here. Okay. Here's a couple points I want to make. <clears throat> and there's actually an article out here too. Our first point. Um, our first point here says this, that everything has an expiration date. And there's actually an article and I didn't get a chance to print it off, but there's an article out there about Skip and Shannon and somebody saying, Hey, here's the deal. There was always going to be an expiration date on Skip and Shannon, right? They're not always going to be together. And a matter of fact, as I'm speaking to you about this, I'm going to try to look this up and see if there's anything that we, that we might want to, you know, you know, discuss on here. Uh, so it's from the New York Post. Here's it says, Colin Cowherd thinks tandems are hard to maintain in sports media. So he's talking about when you've got two people who are a duo uh, on a show, that's hard to maintain for a long time. Okay, Cowherd filled in for John Orend on the Marchand and Orend Sports Media Podcast and the Post, Andrew Mar. Uh, Marchand this week. Marchand asked uh, Cowherd what his reaction to this news that his FS1 colleague Shannon Sharp will be leaving Skip Bayless and Undisputed, uh, which was first which was first reported by the Post. 
And here's what he had to say. He said, well, tandems, and often the more popular they are, they all have an expiration date. In New York, Mike and the Mad Dog, the bigger you are, the more highly compensated you are, they can be territorial. Now, I don't know the scan and ship dynamic other than what I've read. Uh, they were right next to me, and they got along fine. Look, Shannon's a star. So this is Colin going on. He's saying his look, Shannon's a, st a star. And I think in the opinion space, there's maybe five, six people that can migrate an audience. And so I think Shannon's probably one of those. Wherever he surfaces, he's going to do really well. It doesn't matter. I had an agent, Nick Khan. He was a star. He went to WWE. Shocker. He was a star. Michael Rubin created a company, sells billions to eBay, and then he starts Fanatics worth billions. Peyton Manning, a Andy Denver, it, 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 it works. Stars work wherever they go. Shannon's going to work. Cowherd said he never saw the discord between the partners and came back to the point that duos usually have a shelf life. Okay, so that's all I need to read from there. It's just the it's 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 just the you know he's proven the point that hey, when you get two stars in the room like that. It's usually not going to last forever. So there was a, um, uh, I like to listen to Christian music and I like to listen to uh, all kinds of, all kinds of music, really, you know, you know, Christian music is one of those, but there's a, a genre that I grew up with because I grew up in Indiana. It was called Southern gospel and in the Southern gospel group, um, or in that genre, there's a really famous group and throughout the years, 30, 40 years that this group has been around, they've kind of been the who's who of gospel music of southern gospel music at one point they brought the team together and it was like the most powerful group of people it's five guys who came together and four of them were big names on their own one was uh you know he was a great vocalist he fit well but he, he wasn't a big name on his own the other four were mega powerhouses award-winning uh they could go into a town and sell out their own theater uh, they could sell out maybe even an arena, right? And you bring all these people together and it was the most amazing group. And, and I had the chance to see him live, I think a couple of times. And then they broke up and it was like four or five years after they got that part of the group together, they broke up and then it went back to more of a mediocre group that I think is, is the group now. Um, but here's the deal. I remember asking somebody who kind of was behind the scenes and knew what was going on. I said, hey, why do you think they broke up? I mean, it was just the most amazing thing. Why would they not want to keep that going forever? And they said, you know, when you get that much talent together, um, you know, they're not going to be able to sustain it for a long period of time. And so that's the same thing that happened here, right? You've got Shannon Sharp. You've got Skip Bayless, both extremely talented, great at what they do. Um, there was going to be an, an, an expiration date even from the beginning. Okay, so that's number one is we have to understand that is everything has an expiration date. And so you as a leader, if you've got great people working for you, I mean, I'm talking truly great, not people who are kissing up to you, people who are sucking up to you, people who are the yes people, and you think they're great. I'm talking about real stars, right? If they're on your team, you need to understand and the star needs to understand there's going to be an expiration date. Okay, that's just it's just the way that it it typically works. It's hard to have two lions in one cage for very long. Uh, so that's point number one. Point number two. Uh, going back to that rule. Excuse me. Never outshine the master. Okay, and that comes from Robert Greene's Forty Eight Laws of Power. And there's a lot of truth to that. When you get hired into an organization. And maybe you get hired because you're a star. Maybe you get hired because the senior leader looks at you and says, man, there's a lot of things that our organization could do because we're hiring this person and we're going to hire them from another organization because we want them because they're a star. 
Okay. Now you come in and you're just being yourself and you're being the, you know, you're being the top. Now I'm not talking about, you know, by being yourself, I mean that you are a really good person. You're a good team player, but you're a star. Everything you touch seems to turn to gold. Okay. And you don't gossip and you build up the team and you do everything right. But here's the deal. If your star is brighter than the master's star, okay, there's going to be an expiration date on you as well. And you've got to understand that. But it doesn't mean that you cease being who you are, right? It just means that you go in and you understand, I'm not going to let my light, you know, I'm not going to not shine my light, you know, whatever that is. I'm not going to not be talented at you know, whatever it is that I'm talented at, um, you know, I'm not going to not do what I'm supposed to do because of the insecurity of somebody else. But you got to understand that there's, again, going back to point number one, there's probably going to be an expiration date placed on you as well. But you can't not shine. You just got to go in and understand that this may not be a long-term assignment. Reminds me of that great quote by Marianne Williamson. Here's how the quote goes. This quote, by the way, was deeply life-changing for me. It says this, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. You're playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. And that's the key right there, right? Yeah, the more that we shrink ourselves, the more that other people have to shrink around us, right? Uh, you know, but the more that we shine brightly, whatever it is that our talents are, whatever it is, we give other people the permission to do the same. And as we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So you got to understand that what I'm not saying here is don't outshine the master. I'll never you know give you that advice, but you got to understand if you're going to be as great as you are. And this isn't for everyone. Okay. Don't think that this is for everyone. You know, and that's sad to say, and that's probably not very motivating to say that, but not everybody who's listening to this is going to outshine the master, right? It takes a real, it takes a really special person to do that. But if you are listening and, and that is you, don't stop doing that. But just understand that, you know what? Uh, your, your time is probably going to be numbered, which leads to our, our third point, our third and final point that I want to make today that we're going to learn from this Skip Bayless situation, Skip and Shannon situation. I think it's really important to work for a talented star, okay? But you just can't stay there. It's really important to work for a talented star, but you just can't stay there. Stephen A. Smith, which I appreciate him so much, uh, he has this quote that he gave, um, It says this, I sincerely hope, regardless of what opinion I'm about to give, that y'all don't make the mistake of assuming that I'm going to speak against my man, Skip Bayless. That's not going to happen. Remember when I told you I was the star of the number one sports morning show for the last 11 and a half years? The first four years of that were with Skip Bayless. I'm never in that position if it were not for Skip Bayless. 
he goes on to say this. He said, Skip Bayless asked uh, asked me to come on first first take. Skip Bayless permitted me to come on first take. Skip Bayless fought for me to come on first take. Uh, Skip Bayless played a role in restoring my career that I felt had been wrongly taken from me. I will never disrespect him. So obviously, uh, Skip Bayless had done a lot of work um, to help out Stephen A. Smith. And if you know anything about Stephen A. Smith, he's a giant. He's incredible in his field. Love to watch him as well. Uh, but but here's what Stephen A. Smith would know, and here's what he would tell you and me if we could get him in the privacy of a room together and say, hey, would you ever work for Skip Bayless ever again? He'd say, there's not a chance, right? And he's smart to do that, and Skip Bayless understands that as well. Stephen A. Smith is too good. He's one of those lights that has to shine, right? But here's what he understood is that Skip gave him the career. If it weren't you know, if it weren't for Skip, Stephen A. Smith wouldn't be in the position he's in today. And so I think there's a lot of there. There's a lot of uh, I think there's a lot of value in working for someone who is a star because they can put you in rooms that you would never have been in before. They can they can give you opportunities that nobody else could ever give you. I'll tell you this. And still to this day, I have such a special place in my heart for this man. His name is David Jeremiah. He's the senior pastor of a church called Shadow Mountain Community Church in um, in uh, it's here in San Diego County. It's in East County. It's in the east part of San Diego County. And he has a church that averages probably in its heyday about 12,000 people a weekend. It's probably down from that now, uh, but he's still thousands of people, right? And he's known all over the world. He's known all over the globe. He just went out to Charles Stanley's um, funeral. Charles Stanley's was probably was the um, was the penultimate leader since the death of Billy Graham. Uh, Charles Stanley, uh, he passed away and they brought out two giants, Franklin Graham and David Jeremiah. If you were in evangelical circles, you know who I'm talking about. And, uh, he got a standing ovation in that room of, of just all the greats. I mean, he's just well known. And, and I got to tell you, um, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with everything about that world, but I had the privilege of working for him for four years and they were four of the greatest years of my life. And they were also four of the hardest years of my life. I remember when it all came to an end, it took me about 30 days of just sleeping because I was so exhausted because the whirlwind of just working around in in the orbit of that man because he was so driven and he was such a high impact leader. The things that he's done, the you know, the church that he built when when he came, it had 700 people. Now it's got 12,000 people on its rolls, probably even more than that. Uh, church that had a budget maybe of around a million or two million dollars, and now they're at 20 million dollars. His own uh, his own ministry, his own nonprofit organization, built from nothing all the way up to I think they. They, uh, you know, their annual revenues are about 70, 75 million dollars a year. He travels the world wherever he goes. He packs rooms. People want to hear uh, this man speak. And, and, and I've had the chance to be in a room with him before he speaks to those thousands of people and after he speaks to the thousands of people. And he is not impressed by that. He's not driven by that. He has no need for that. He really has a, matches, uh, a message that he wants to share with the world. That's what drives him every day. He really is for the cause. Whether you agree with the cause or not, right, or everything about that cause, he is for that cause, and he has been—he's been rewarded by life. And to be able to work for him for those four years, to watch how he worked, 
you know, a lot of people think that businesses grow or organizations grow or churches grow or ministry or whatever it is. They just grow because, you know, some special thing, some magic. And and I'm sure there's some of that, too. You know, David Jeremiah is a very charismatic person. Um, he is very good at what he does. But I think he would tell you he's not the best at what he does. But, but let me tell you what he does uh, more than almost anybody else I've ever seen. He outworks almost everybody. He works all, you know, all the time. He works consistently. Now, I'll tell you this. He is the master. He is the star in, 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 in his location. And I didn't work for longer than four years. It, it couldn't have worked much longer. And it, it wasn't necessarily because of him, but it was also just some other things in the culture. It was things that I could have done better for sure. Um, I could have probably hung on for a couple more years. But here's what happens. If you stay in that culture, you will never reach your full and highest potential because he is the star in that in that world. He is the undisputed star in that world. And there's no other person who can uh, t- you know, take take that place. And so I'm grateful that I got out of that because I, you know, I would have always had a thumb on top of me because he's the star and that's just how it works in that world. But the thing I'm grateful for is to have four years to work with him, to watch what he does, how he works, how he moves, how he thinks, how he plans, uh, his disciplines, his habits, to be able to see that, to learn from that for four years was an experience I'll never forget. So again, I'm trying to tell you, I think it's really important that you work for a very talented person, maybe someone who's, you know, and, and let me tell you what, this guy, David Jeremiah, was not always the nicest person. It's not like he was friendly. He wasn't warm and inviting all the time. He didn't invite you to his office and sit down and have coffee and talk to you about your feelings. That's not who he was. Right. He had a mission. He was so driven by that vision and that mission. Sometimes it was probably at the expense of people. Right. Now he would always feel bad. Like I I I get yelled at him. You know, I get yelled at by him a couple of times. And uh um but I could tell with some things that happened afterwards, he would feel kind of bad about it. But he's just a very driven person and and it takes a very special person to be around that 24-7. And now he has people who have stuck with him for 15, 20, 30 years, right? And good for him. He needs that. And those people kind of thrive on that. And they are very good for him. And I think he's very good for them. I knew in my own world that I had things I wanted to do. I had a, my own voice that I wanted to share with the world. And so I couldn't stay there long term. It just um, it just wouldn't have it just wouldn't have happened. And uh, and so I'm grateful for that, but I'm grateful to be able to spend four years working for a an absolute master and legend. And so I recommend that you do the same, but just understand that you cannot stay long term. So anyway, I think the situation between Skip and Shannon has been good for us. You know, those of you who are following it, because there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of good things there that we can learn from it. And again, the three lessons I'm taking away are everything has an expiration date. You got to understand that, right? I don't care what job you have. It's going to have an expiration date. It's going to come to an end. Um, you can, uh, number two, you can outshine the master. You can do it. Okay. Uh, now, if you want to stick around somewhere long term, then don't do it. Okay. If your biggest goal is to go to that organization you want to go to, and there's already somebody who's there who's the master, and you want to stay in that organization, you you care about staying there for 30, 40, 50 years, uh, then or maybe just 10, I don't know, whatever it is long term, then you can't out you cannot outshine the master. You've got to make sure you fall underneath, you know, his or her kind of light, and you gotta and you gotta stay there. Okay. Um, uh, you know, and maybe find other areas outside of that to shine your light, you know, whatever that looks like. Uh, but if you say, Hey, I, I don't want to do that. I want to keep growing and keep shining. Then just understand that, that, um, uh, 
that your days are probably going to be numbered. But that leads us to number three, go work for a talented star. Do it in your field, wherever you are. If you can get with the best person possible, go work for that person for two, three, four, five years, right? Just don't stay there. And understand you probably won't be able to stay there. But if you do stay there, and I've seen this from some people because they like, they tend to think that the star, uh, because they're so close to that star, they think it's their star. But it's not their star. It's the other person's star, but they get so close to it. And maybe it's because they're not, you know, as big of a star. So it works for them. And they're able to stay next to them. But here's the thing. If you go in and you are a star and you stay next to that star too long, your light will start to dim because that's just how it's going to be. And uh, you're going to be empowering their star more than you're empowering your own star. Okay. So you you can't stay there. Right. But go in for three, four, five, six years, learn the lessons you need to, and then go out and do your own building, build build your own organization, your own products, your own services, whatever that looks like. I hope all this has been intentional. Okay. Or not intentional. I'm looking at that word here. I thought, I hope that all of this has added value. I, I hope it's been helpful. That's the word I was looking for. Steam, <coughs> excuse me, Steamboat Springs, well-designed, well-directed, well-serviced. The one word that I took away from there was intentional. Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp, you can absolutely outshine the master and i would recommend that you do just understand that your time your days are numbered all right everybody hey thanks so much for listening i'll see you on the next episode of the leadership Masterclass podcast with yours truly jc hurtado prater have a great weekend i'll see you soon